yeah, this this kind of material seems like it's totally in that kind of novelization sort of territory. Um, Think and, Larry had an overbearing mother? Yeah, he probably had some <laughs> massive family issues. <laughs> or he was a wee boy. Ah, yeah, right. maybe he <laughs> yeah. was a wee boy, yeah. yeah. He was the wee boy that left and went to college. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Altaro. What's going on? We got a podcast above in the blazer. If I was a listener, where would I go to find more? You can check us out on our website, thebuffintheblazer.com. Drew over there writes a article that goes along with every single episode. You can find all kinds of little extras on the articles, and you can listen to the podcast right there. Also, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, we're on Twitter at Buff and Blazer. Follow us there. Get those clicks, people. The Buff and the Blazer. Welcome to episode 50 of the Buff and the Blazer podcast, the show where we break down films past and present. I'm Drew, and as always, I'm joined by my good pal, Mr. El Tato. What's going on, man? What's going on, dude? Nothing. Hotel we're a, life. We're in a bit of a different setup this week. Yeah, it probably sounds a little different, folks. It might sound a little better. Hopefully. Hopefully. But we'll see. We'll see after. Uh, we'll get it in post. But uh, <laughs> yeah, this week we are discussing a film that just recently got released onto digital, Let Him Go, directed by Thomas Bazooka. Is that how you say that? It's an interesting last name. Bazooka. Bazooka. I don't know. And... Uh, Starring Kevin Costner and Diane Lane. And I'd be lying if I said that was the main reason this even got onto my radar was those two right there. But we kind of both saw it. We were going to go for a twofer, I think, with this. and uh, the Yeah, last my schedule's a little too slammed yeah. to pull that off. So, anyways, it, it gave us a chance to get this in early. But uh, what did you think watching Let Him Go? What were your first impressions? First impressions were, it's a really well-made movie. Great acting, like great acting, all the way around, top to bottom. The story was a little bit hard to relate to. It's it's definitely like an old man and an old woman story. It's not, you know, geared towards our age yeah. group at all. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of like a throwback. It's the 1960s, right? Yeah. And I'm not terribly interested in that time period sure. very much. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just kind of hard to relate to. But I did like the the general arc of the story and where it kind of got to. Yeah. And, yeah, it was one of those things where it was like it checked a lot of the boxes on being a good movie. Yeah. But it, it didn't really connect with me Yeah. that well. But I do, you know, recognize how well made it was and, mm-hmm. and kind of its strengths. And I, I liked some of the violence in it, which I which I found I was a bit shocked at how yeah me too uh, how heavy some of the violence was. Mm-hmm. But it took a really long time to get there, and uh, it felt a lot longer than it really was. I think. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Same. Um, so I was actually after watching this movie and after our last film, going through, like, because I know you have a clear system on like how you come up with your scoring. 
Mm-hmm. And I was thinking a little bit about mine. And I think the one element I have to throw in there that works for me is we got all the technical categories that we go through, all of like story, character, cinematography, score. And then I think my last point goes to whether I enjoyed the film or not. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's a, that's a, it's a bit more subjective, but not so subjective where it's like, doesn't make any sense. It's kind of like an umami, right? Yeah, for sure. It's kind of like uh, that that uh, feel, that feel factor, I guess, right? Yeah, and I think, I mean, anyone really knows after you watch a movie whether you liked it or not. It's kind of, uh, it's almost like an instinctual kind of thing. So with this film, I'm totally on board with you. Like, it's really well made. It's beautiful to look at. And it's shot differently than some of the other films that we've seen. And I, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Like Diane Lane and Kevin Costner, this is the second film that they've played husband and wife. Um, What's the first? Man of Steel. A Superman movie? Superman. So they're, oh. they're Jonathan and Martha Kent in that Okay. Film. And they're really good in that film, too, together. So when I saw them uh, reteaming for this film, it intrigued me. But like I said, technically, in terms of the story, everything kind of checked the box for me. Maybe some of the elements of the story I found a little bit hard to believe, but... Maybe I'm willing to, to let that skip because it takes place in, like, 1960. So maybe I could see that taking place somewhere in, like, a rural Midwestern sort of setting in the 60s. Overall, I thought it was really well made. It's just in terms of my overall enjoyment of it, it wasn't the most enjoyable film for me. And that's just my my personal take on seeing it the first time. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly right there with you. And I think it has to do with the generational thing. Yeah. Like, I think we were talking probably at the end of our recording on Dreamland, and we both were kind of saying that Dreamland maybe is not as well made as this film, but there's something about that film that's a lot more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, our bias could be, you know, like, we just love watching Margot Robbie. But Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there was something about that story that was just, you kept wanting to watch it. With this film... And I think you put it perfectly. It's it's an hour and 53 minutes runtime, and it feels like it's two and a half hours long. Yeah, for sure. It felt super long. It was kind of a slog. But I, I'll put it this way. I wasn't really into it until, like, you know, beginning of the third act when kind of shit really hit the fan. Yeah. Let me ask you about, so the general setting of this story, it's kind of like a, uh, I don't know if you've, really been keeping up with Kevin Costner but he's been really really into this like rancher kick where he plays you know someone out in in the country with his cowboy hat on that's a rancher and owns a lot of land like he's been totally in this vein of role for the past like five years doesn't he have a show called like Yellowstone Yellowstone. or something yeah okay and I think I've never seen it it's really highly reviewed too but (laughs) what did you think of the story being set in this kind of being placed in the setting, like on a ranch in the Midwest, like well, country, like the, country bumpkin kind of thing. It's like, it's like Montana and North Dakota, right? Yeah. Is that, is that Midwest? Is it? I don't know. Yeah. Midwest is like from freaking it's Michigan so to, to Idaho, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's kind of stupid geographic designation, <laughs> but um, in terms of, you know, geographically, I really enjoyed it. I love the mountains. Oh, I love yeah. the plains and mm-hmm. stuff like that. 
But yeah, the whole the whole cowboy thing yeah. doesn't, doesn't really connect with me. I enjoyed the the Native American aspect of the story. Yeah. A lot, to mm-hmm. be honest. You You're know, talking with about kinda... with Peter and... Correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and like uh, his kind of experience in a, in a Indian school and stuff. Yep. And what the hell... I'm trying to remember what that movie was that we did. Oh, um, was that Taika Waititi movie? Oh, Hunt for the Wilder People? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember how I was kind of like hoping that that movie said yeah. something about the, you know, kind of stealing kids away from native yeah. cultures and it never really got there. Yeah, yeah. And I I kind of I thought about that when I was watching this movie. But yeah, the whole cowboy thing, I I just can't relate to it really in any way. Even though I love kind of open land and and geographically I can really relate to it, but the whole kind of rancher mentality and stuff like that, yeah. it's just it's not my bag, man. And so I was thinking about that too, and I think I think there's there's kind of two two things about this. One is, I mean, I I at least say my lifestyle is something completely different from the <laughs> lifestyle of of this family and these two, this husband and wife. And then secondly, like you said, there's a generational thing. So this isn't typically a story reading it on the page that I'd be like, "Oh, this is up my alley." And it was more so that the the actors that drew me to this film. But what I was asking myself watching this film was could you accomplish this kind of story outside of this like rancher cowboy setting? Like, could you achieve this in the city or in a different time period for that matter? Like, does it have to take place in the sixties? Could it take place in the seventies, the eighties now? And I feel like you really could have set this up in any time period and it would have worked. Yeah. I think if, (laughs) I think if it was in a city, it would be like a much more like a, There'd have to be like a drug addiction element, right? <laughs> Rather than just like the the asshole country stepdad yeah. element, it would have to be like a like a crackhead dad or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> if it was more like the tax collector, yeah, totally <laughs> something like that. But yeah, it's a total. It's a. It's you know. It's made for old people, right? It's yeah. completely made for old people. It's like. Uh, would you classify this as a, a Western? See, and that's another thing I was thinking of, too. Like, it has Western elements, but it's almost like a thriller. A little bit, right? It's like a little bit of a, if you want to call it a Western thriller, well, yeah. in a weird way. Um, I, I think if you're young, you can get something out of this film. But I think if you're someone middle-aged and maybe older, I think you could get a lot out of this film. Because it hits on themes like, like following around two people that have seemed to be have been in a marriage forever. And, you know, I kind of liked that element of it, of seeing, like, how they kind of know each other so well, but also, like, you can see at times where they get on each other's nerves even. Yeah, there's a bit of resentment at how well they know each other almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that's a testament, I think, to Kevin Costner and Diane Lane because they play it so naturally. Like, I totally bought that whole dynamic between them in the yeah, whole me too. film. That was probably one of the most realistic, like, husband-wife duos I've ever seen on screen. Like, at least at that age. Like, that's almost how I see my parents at times. Like, the way they are with each other, have being around each other for so long. So I can relate on that level. But in terms of putting myself in the shoes of those people, that was a little harder for me to do. 
That's funny you say that because I kind of felt the same way. Okay. Like the whole time I was watching it, I was like trying to relate to it, but I, I just came back to like relating it to my parents almost. Yeah, yeah exactly. And like the whole kind of uh, grandma thing mm-hmm. because uh, my mother's never going to forgive me that I'm not interested in having kids. So <laughs> so that's like kind of kind of what I yeah. kept coming back to, this kind of like a grandmother kind of matriarch type gotcha. instinct, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the other thing too that I that I really saw my parents in in this film is they're very attached to their ga- grandchildren. So, you know, if something were to happen like that, that's something I could see my parents doing you know, trying to go out of their way to even like take custody of, you know, one of my nieces or nephews and totally taking on the, the, the parental role. So yeah, I guess I identified with the story in that sense. And we're going to do no spoilers, right? Cause this is fairly new. Yeah. This, this came out like last week. So we'll, we'll try to keep this as general as possible. I mean, I'm trying to think, I mean, I guess as a general rundown, I don't even know what they, what they said in terms of how they describe the general plot of the story. I'll just read it. I'll read what IMDb has on here. A retired sheriff and his wife, grieving over the death of their son, set out to find their only grandson. So he, he, his mom, the grandson's mom, ends up remarrying, and they're living together for a little bit in this apartment away from the little boy's father's parents. And one day they go to visit, and they're not there in the apartment. And they're trying to figure out what the hell happened. So it's kind of... And there's of, a couple other little tidbits that we won't give away. Yeah. To like, uh, that kind of clued them in. Right. To knowing that they weren't just not there, they weren't just at the grocery store. It's, it's something a little more nefarious, I should say. Yeah, for sure. So before you sat down to watch it, did you see anything uh, beforehand? Did you see a trailer, a poster, nothing. anything like that? Okay, all right. Absolutely nothing. So at what point did you start kind of like putting pieces together where you were like, okay, I can kind of see where this is going. And so at what point was that? And then were you able to clue in on where it was going? So the point that I kind of figured out the general uh, driver of the yeah. plot was when uh, Margaret, Diane Lane's character, drives is driving through the town. Yeah. And she sees her her grandson and her what is it like ex daughter-in-law yeah blanche mhm or no not blanche sorry lorna oh lorna yeah yeah lorna when she sees them in town from her car that's basically when i was like okay i, I know where this is going okay all right and then what was the second part of your question so the second part of the question was with the way that they developed the story did you see it leading up to the point where it ended did you see that coming was it predictable for you um no i won't say it was terribly predictable okay. but the second they gave uh gave the name the wee boys yeah right the family of mm-hmm. uh the new dad donnie yeah once they said the name wee boy and they're like oh the the wee boy clan is yeah. is out in North Dakota or whatever. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is where it's going. You okay. Know, they're like a like a scumbag family, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, so I kinda I kinda got the whole gist of it right at about the time when she saw them in the town and then they kinda went looking and with the names, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I will say that was probably that whole wee boy aspect and all the people, the members of that family, that was like the creepiest part of the film. Like those people were just total fucking weirdos. <laughs> yeah, probably probably my favorite part of the movie yeah. for sure. Because everybody I mean, I grew up in a small town, right? And there's yeah. there's there's lots of those types of families, right? That that <laughs> oh, shit. you know, whether no, I'm not saying like they're yeah, murderous yeah. Or, or whatever, but like families that get a reputation that's linked to their last name that's yeah. many times unfairly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh so yeah, I can relate to that pretty well <laughs> from from like a small town kind of kind of person, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And then, so we finally get to the end of the film. How did the ending stick with you? I liked it, to okay. be honest. I yeah. really liked it. I liked the amount of consequence that there was. Uh-huh. It was like a really, really slow build, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Super, super slow build all the way until the third act. Like, there's basically nothing happening. Yeah. And and then it kind of really picked up at the end, and, and I did really enjoy the ending. So for you, did it pay off with the slow build at the end? I would have liked it to maybe get there a little quicker and stay yeah. there longer. Yeah, yeah. Right? But yeah, there there was some payoff for me. Okay, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, it was... Uh, what about you? Did it pay you off? Yeah, because I, I actually wasn't expecting it to end that way. <laughs> I probably should have. That's the thing, like, at the end... at least for me I liked for me the film ended in a way where I was like questioning was all of that worth it yeah and I like that the film doesn't end in a way where you're like okay they did the right thing that's exactly what they should have done because it doesn't end that way in my opinion no for me it's like you're really thinking about was that worth it did they do the right thing and basically yeah the, the biggest question is is this I mean I'm sure this isn't how they expected it to end but was it worth the sacrifice? And I really liked that it kind of causes you to ask yourself that question. <laughs> There's a total cost. Total cost. And it, it it's really well kind of married to the title of the movie, right? Yeah. Because the whole time you're watching the movie, you think the title of the movie means something. Right. And it actually ends <laughs> yeah. up having multiple meanings, right? Uh-huh. And, yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool actually yeah like and that was another funny thing about this film is going through it at at different points i'm like oh that's what the title meant and that's really fucked up and then it keeps it progresses more and then you're like oh okay maybe that's what it meant and then finally at the end you you understand what it meant but at the same time it could still apply in those other areas too yeah it's almost uh it's maybe the most layered title of a movie we've done yeah yeah, and I, I definitely say that this film is a lot about loss. Yeah. It's almost entirely about what is it to lose somebody? How do you recover from that? What are you willing to do to keep that person around or their memory? It's like this film is completely, almost entirely all about loss. Yeah, and I think uh, George, Kevin Costner's character, has uh, a line yeah. directly related to that, right? Do you remember what it was? It's something along the lines of, you know, all life is is a collection of your losses or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard that in another film, too. Actually, it was another cowboy film that Kevin Costner is in, Wyatt Earp. <laughs> and uh, there's a scene where he's locked up in jail, and 
he's in there because his wife just died and he's been like screwing around and he's getting into trouble and his dad comes in there and he's he basically tells him flat out like that's what life is that's what life's all about loss so it's uh <laughs> it's definitely a line you hear occasionally um but yeah i went to uh i went to graduate school with wyatt earps i think great 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 or something granddaughter really yeah she's super cool get the fuck i out still know her yeah <laughs> <laughs> I won't say her name, but yeah, her last name is Earp. Oh, what's that one TV show? Uh, Winona Earp. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, it's like a female uh, spoof on Wyatt Earp, and she's like <laughs> badass. <Okay>. And <laughs> that sounds pretty funny, actually. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And really? Then, That's uh, so cool. Tombstone, right? Yeah, Tombstone. You know what's funny about that film? I know we're digressing a little bit, but I don't care. Tombstone. I don't enjoy as much as the actual film Wyatt Earp. And they came out, like, I think a year or two after each other. I haven't seen the the second one, the Wyatt Earp film. Yeah, so to me, Tombstone's a little bit more campy. And then Wyatt Earp okay. is a little bit more, like, it's in the Prince of Thieves vein in the early <laughs> 90s, like, trying to be a little grittier and more historic. Oh, sorry. I was thinking Men in Tights when you said <laughs> Prince of Thieves. <laughs> Tombstone's a little bit closer to that. Yeah. Not as much, but... Uh, I just love Val Kilmer, man. <laughs> I yeah. love him in that movie. Eventually, we're going to do some Val Kilmer throwback films, because there's a, there's a couple on here that I think... Oh, we got to do Salt and Sea, man. Salt and Sea, yeah. The Saint is like one of my favorites that he's in. Yeah. Um, I love that movie. I'm working right next to Salt and Sea. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll do it while I'm out here. Yeah, we'll have to do something. All right, so I think... I think we did the best we could uh, to get through some of the major points of story without spoiling anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I let's... I don't know how much more we can say without giving stuff away. Yeah, no, 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 I think we're good there. Let's talk a little bit about the cast here, because I think, man, like you said, top to bottom, this is some high-level talent that we're getting on screen everywhere. But let's talk a little bit... Let's talk about Kevin Costner and Diane Lane first. Let's get them out of the way. I guess your overall thoughts on, like, the two of them together... They're just total dynamite, man. They are just like, you can't poke a hole in one little bit of, <laughs> yeah. of how solid they are. They're so believable as a couple. They're so believable in their emotional struggles that are, uh, you know, like a family thing in this movie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're just, they're just dynamite, man. They're, they're so good together, and they're both such professionals you know let me ask you this too because i was picking up on this and it's it has nothing to do with their acting chemistry i think this was all intentional in their performance but did you get a sense of like when it's it's uh george and margaret together with lorna and uh james in the household together there was almost like this weird awkwardness like this underlying awkwardness underneath like the dynamics going on between James and his wife, and then George and Margaret. I don't. Were you picking up on anything like that? Yeah, there's like you really get the what's the right word, like the coldness from Margaret towards Lorna. Yeah, and like the whole, and this is a really common theme. You know, I have I have plenty of friends where I know the grandma of the. You know, the kids that are from my friends and this whole, like, almost, like, uh, possessiveness 
yeah. that the grandma feels mm-hmm. towards the child, right? It's yeah. like there. It's like their child, you know what I mean? Sure. And they almost feel like they they would be better the the kid would be better served to grow up with them. Almost yeah. like the the mother, the grandmother doesn't trust the true mother to raise the kid right or something right. like that. And and it's really brief the the scene you're talking about. It's yeah. like, you yeah, know, yeah. a couple of minutes that that uh James is even in the movie. Mhm. And yeah, it really comes across well. And then with George, there's like almost this uncomfortable thing where he sees that behavior and that kind of like awkward tension. Yeah. And he's like almost a little bit apprehensive to put his own wife in check and say, "Yeah." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that that's that's pretty surprising because I picked up on that really well, and it's it's like a really short scene, and that's kind of like this. It's it's like a real hard emotional driver of the movie. And the other thing too is, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Oh, I'm I sure think, anybody with yeah. mm-hmm. with a you know grand or a mom, yeah, and then a kid. I'm sure any of them can relate to that. Yeah, for sure. Or I mean, you can't, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But know, yeah, right? totally, man. And I'm sure like, you know, daughters-in-law too, like they I'm sure they can relate to being in that situation. Um but yeah, I'm glad I don't have to worry about that shit. And it's totally real, man. Like I mean, I don't want to spill too much yeah of my family stuff, but there's those dynamics in in my family as well. And I'm yeah. pretty sure there's there's that in every family. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I I think well, maybe you and I didn't connect as deeply with uh, some of the dynamics of the characters. I think a lot of people will, will pick up on or can relate to some of these these characters. Okay, so we got them out of the way. I agree. I think they're, like, amazing, and they have great. really great chemistry together. I mean, I want to see them together again in something else. Let's get out of the ranch, and let's put them somewhere <laughs> completely, like, different, because this is twice they've played, like, the Midwestern country bumpkin couple, <laughs> and they're really good at it. Get them into a city or get them into space or something. I don't care. Just like get them on space screen somewhere. Yeah. I'm so Superman Man of Steel takes place in like a like a Western landscape. Well, so he grows up in Kansas. Is that how he really grew up? Yeah. In the comics and stuff. Okay. Yeah. I just don't know anything about Superman. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's an alien <laughs> crash lands into Kansas and. Martha and Jonathan Kent find him, and they're this couple that lives out in the middle of Kansas. Small town, yeah. Smallville. So, yeah, they play very, very close characters. Maybe a little less protective, even of Superman, but still, they're really good, and they have really good chemistry. Um, well, at least they got some mountains in this movie. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. We'll talk Not about that, too. Flat-ass Kansas. Yeah, it is gorgeous in this film. So, other than those two... What character for you really stood out? Was did you have a favorite? Two. Okay. So uh Blanche Wee Boy. <laughs> yeah. Hard played not by to. Leslie Leslie Manville mm-hmm. and uh Bill Wee Boy, played yeah. by Jeffrey Donovan. Mm-hmm. Those were my two favorite characters in the movie. <laughs> oh man. Blanche and... was just like the the most evil, evil, over controlling Yeah mother that mm-hmm. I think a lot of people that can relate to. I'm really thankful that my mom wasn't like that at all. Yeah. But I know plenty of 
moms like that of friends that I've grown up with. Jeez. Not not you know not as yeah, evil yeah. as she is in this movie, obviously. <laughs> but that she is so good and she is so evil, and like the level of awkward and the level of tension when her character gets introduced when they invite the Blackledges over for for supper. Yeah. Was that scene <laughs> was like really really cringy, right? Yeah, that scene probably had some of the best acting in the whole film. And she she skirts this really weird line of like she's very direct with some of her lines, but also very like passive aggressive too. Mm-hmm. It's like the worst of both. <laughs> yeah, she's total like very very abrasive person. Yeah. Yeah, she's great in this movie. And then uh, Bill Wee Boy, Jeffrey Donovan, he is so creepy. Dude, yeah, he definitely has one of those looks where, like, he can just go nuts at any any point. And I think to cast him in a role like this was perfect. Yeah, yeah. he played the role so well of, like, the extremely fake kind of country Yeah, hospitality. Mm-hmm with the total evil right behind the pupil, you know, yeah. like you can just see the evil behind his eyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've seen him in something before, but I don't know what it is. I feel like I have too. Yeah, his face is really recognizable. What is this? I'm just checking out his uh, his deal. Burn Notice? Oh, okay. Is that a TV show? Uh looks like a tv show it aired for like six years Mm -hmm. i was gonna say is he the dude from from la confidential but i don't think he is sicario (laughs) 2 the lesser of the sicario movies but yeah he did a great job in this film and i got a shout out to boo boo stewart oh yeah that plays peter dragswolf so the native character in this film he i liked his uh i liked the level that he was playing at because he's like very very mild tempered and kind of like he was kind of the calm that everyone needed in this film because you have kevin costner and diane lane that are in this really desperate mode then you have the crazy wee boy clan and he was kind of the nice like even keeled character in the whole film and he plays a role at the end um, yeah, and also real timid, right? Yeah. And he did a real good job of playing that almost like, I don't mean this in any type of offensive way, but like broken. Yeah. Like broken from his culture mm-hmm. type of character. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed him a lot too. And it was very, uh, he's a very sympathetic character. And I liked his story too. Like I like how he's living out in the middle of nowhere in his little cabin, like with his horse. That's really, yeah. you know, I like that whole element of his character. Yeah, because he ran away from the Indian school that yeah. he got shipped away from. And mm-hmm. he has some really powerful lines in this movie that really have nothing to do with the main story. Yeah, right? and it's almost like he's on a search for identity. Yeah, his his background is, is pretty interesting in this film, too. Uh, he brought an element that I think, uh, I mean, all kinds of people can relate to that, trying to figure out, like... Where do you fit in? Yeah, I'm surprised. Maybe somebody's done it, but I'm surprised nobody's done a really kind of dramatic movie on that aspect of American history. Yeah. 
because it's really common and and in this era when the movie takes place it was still going on right yeah like the the indian schools and stuff kind of died out in maybe the 70s right yeah i think so because i've seen i've seen a documentary of some navajo kids that got taken away and you know spent their whole lives away from their people and their families and they get the documentary they got like reunited with people they hadn't seen in you know 20 30 years and it was extremely emotional oh wow and uh yeah i'm always really sympathetic to yeah. to that story for sure he's great in this too yeah yeah really. there's a lot of parallels with with uh dreamland right yeah with some of the characters yeah uh-huh um i forget the character's name in that film yeah but, me uh, too but, but yeah. it's very similar, right? Mm-hmm. Except he wasn't taken away. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, in the same <laughs> vein, though. Um, Anybody else stand out for you? I think for me, those were the big marquee people. So I got a question for you. Yeah. Did you get the sense that, uh, and it, and we can't, this isn't giving anything away because you already know that that Lorna is a widow, right? Yeah. But Ryan Bruce, he plays James. Did you think there was going to be some type of uh, nefarious aspect to his death that never came to fruition? Like it didn't come to is what I'm saying in the movie. Did you get the sense Mm. that there might have been something nefarious in his death? Because I did, and then it never really happened. Um, Not necessarily. I mean, like for me, and I... This was one of the things that I was thinking about with the believability of the story is like, I don't know if this could really happen today, like where all these people (laughs) just die or get killed and then they're able to walk away. And it's kind of like the end of the story. To me, that's (laughs) a little bit. uh, It's it's a little bit of a stretch, Um, even for like 1960. It's not that long ago. (laughs) Still like totally modern, but um. I wonder if, like, falling off a horse and breaking your neck is a very common death in the ranch world. Yeah. I don't know. But would oh, you, uh, sorry. No, no, no. You're talking about the son. Yeah, James. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. one who Sorry, you know, I, kick, thought you, I thought you meant off the uh, one of movie. the wee boys. No. Um, no, no, no. None yeah, of the wee Yeah, you know, boys. to me, I, I didn't really... I didn't question it because, for me, that wasn't really important. Uh, I guess the important aspect of, of that whole thing was the fact that he died. Yeah, um, I was I was yeah. kind of expecting it to to come out later, maybe that that Donnie Wee Boy, played by Will Will Bretain. Yeah, like he got knocked like off he, or something. He snuck over and freaking because he wanted Lorna or something, you know. But it yeah. never it never got there. What did you think of Lorna? Lorna was great too. I th- I thought she did a good job of of. Because to me, she's like a broken character yeah. for most of the film. Yeah. After James's death. So she's just completely like lost, even though she remarries. And she stays that way until we get to the big like climax and we finally see how the story ends. Um, but I thought she did a great job of playing like just that completely lost character that is concerned for her son. And but also knows that she's in a very dangerous situation, and it's brutal what happens to her too. Yeah, so she's played by Kaylee, Kaylee Carter. Carter, 
and uh, she kind of got me thinking, like, and I don't know if this is just me, but I kind of have some really strong opinions about the whole uh, kind of old-worldly traditionalist kind of you need to be married and you need to have a husband. Yeah, that was another thing. I almost felt like it's the it's the she's a victim of the the times, right? Dude, that's exactly what I thought. So once I saw, because it's, it's like you get you get the the part where you, or you get James's death, and then it's almost like immediately after you get the shot of them getting married, the, getting married in the courthouse, and I'm like, that's the whole problem with this entire plot is that. <laughs> yeah. But again, that's like a time thing, right? Yeah. So that's again, that's the bias coming out. Yeah, it's like your kid hasn't even aged. Yeah. And, and you're already remarrying. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell are you doing? You know. Yeah. So I mean, what it did, I mean, it causes you to ask a lot of different questions. It's like, you know, does is that is that one of the key factors in terms of how south this whole plot goes? I mean, can it all be pointed back to that moment? Is it meant to be that way? Is it meant to be like a time capsule to show you like maybe this isn't the best way to go? Oh, it's not. There's no maybe there. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's like not a good way to go. So you like never was that the intention? I guess that quickly. I guess what I'm asking is when you see that, do you think that that's something that the the director or the filmmakers are intentionally putting on screen to have you question and think about like or do you think they're more concerned with just telling a really focused story that has that's wrapped around that. Do you think he's trying to send a message in any way to be like, maybe, you know, stuff like this, this is what it can lead to. Yeah. I don't know if it was intentional or not because I kind of have the feeling that that's my internal bias Yeah, that I'm, same. I'm projecting onto it, but you can't say that it wasn't and isn't a yeah. part of a part of, you know, the kind of traditional culture yeah of the the you know the quote unquote american dream right i mean it's the total spark of the entire plot yeah for sure but yeah immediately i was like well you can point to it right there like <laughs> yeah bad decision yeah totally bad decision totally bad decision and you know it's it's hard to relate as a, as a male as well right we can't really we can't really put her or i can at least put myself in the shoes of a, a woman in that situation yeah, for sure. Right, her her concerns and her worries might be completely linked to, you know, that time period. It's like, oh, you need a man to take care of you, kind of bullshit. Right, and it's 1960, so it's, yeah, it's so, a totally different time. Totally, yeah. But it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. That's what I like. I mean, I I think while I may not have enjoyed the plot of this film as much as I did with Dreamland, even though they're completely separate films. I think there are some really important, interesting questions you can ask with this story that I think even today are relevant. But yeah, do you have any last thoughts on any characters, anyone you left out that you wanted to talk about? No, all in all, it was really good. I don't know who played... So Greg Lawson, he plays the Gladstone Sheriff. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed his small role. Yeah. And kind of like that, don't come to our town and yeah. think you're fucking gonna... <laughs> Make the rules, you know? Yeah. That kind of dickhead, uh-huh. quintessential sheriff, you know? Yeah, very stereotypical character. But to be fair, though, they didn't, like you said, he wasn't on screen very long, so. Yeah. But I did like, I, I love that hospital scene where he yeah. comes in and, you know, kind of lays the local law down. Right. 
you know, the local law kind of <laughs> kind of uh, trumps right and wrong <laughs> yeah. because he's probably scared of the wee boys too, right? Yeah, for sure. Fucking wee boys. Fucking wee boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about let's talk about the look of this movie, and we'll start off with let's start off with the uh, where it takes place. And I mean, in the film at least, what what did we say it was? Montana and Montana North, and North Dakota? North Dakota, right across the border, right? Okay, yeah. Man, there was some like sweeping imagery in this movie. Oh, beautiful, gorgeous. There's something really cool about like you know a tiny cabin and a vast landscape. Yeah. With a with a fair amount of relief, you know, like that. The scene when they go camping and they they uh, run into Peter. Mm-hmm. That was probably like my favorite, you know, group of scenes in the movie was his whole cabin, how he yeah. lives on, you know, above that beautiful river and that big gorge and yeah, it was just beautiful, man. And I loved all the shots where you're following. Uh, the car on the trek to North Dakota and just mm. all of the mountains and like the two lane roads that go through. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. Yeah, so beautiful. Really beautiful. It's probably one of the biggest strengths of the movie. Yeah. And for me, I will say, while I don't have like a shot that jumps out at me that I really liked, there's something about the way that they colored this film. Like it has almost, um, it seems like it's oversaturated in a way where like the colors are very very deep but there's also a bit of like like a desaturation to it. So it's like it's it's kind of <laughs> skirting the line between almost like the saving private Ryan kind of look where it's like oh, certain okay. colors are saying. very very emphasized over others and it has like a darker kind of tint and tone to the entire film. Yeah. I thought it matched really, really well because, like in the opening scene, right, you get a very sort of wholesome introduction to yeah, the ranch with like life. The, yeah, with like the sun coming through the windows in the kitchen and stuff. And yeah. It kind of almost gets progressively darker as right. the story progresses. Okay, yeah, I get yes. what you're saying. So I thought that was kind of a nice contrast to that visually. And as the film goes on, it's almost like you said, it gets darker and darker until the very end where you're actually like operating at night. Mm. so it's I mean you can maybe look into that a little bit and say maybe that was a choice or maybe it was circumstance but I think if you if you tie it together with story it's pretty interesting yeah I thought I thought it it really matched yeah well with the overall arc of the story right yeah and even when uh when they're in the little cafe having lunch with Lorna yeah in uh Gladstone it's even a bit dark there, right? Even yeah. though they're in, in a town and it's daytime and stuff, it's like, yeah, I bet it was intentional, man. Yeah. And I, I just, it was really, really nice to look at. I think in, rather than just shooting straight and giving you the color, I like it when films kind of play with, like, shadow and depths of colors and taking out a little bit here and there to match kind of a feel of a movie. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's what they did here. Yeah. So it matches the tone quite a bit. Were there any shots that kind of stand out to you as like really kind of cool or different? Because to me, it seemed pretty traditional. Yeah, to me, it seemed pretty straightforward. Like I said, for me, I think it was all about what they were shooting and the color palette they used. And mm. what was cool is it seemed like almost all of this film, if not all of it, was shot on location. Mm -hmm. 
and that was really cool to see. Uh, there isn't really anything I can pick out, maybe other than like the interiors that maybe could have been on a soundstage. Okay. But other than that, everything seemed like it was shot outside, and I love that. Yeah, like you think uh, the uh, the supper scene was a soundstage. It, yeah, I I could totally see that being a soundstage. Yeah. But I mean, that'd be cool if it wasn't. <laughs> like they got some some old ranch house and, yeah. and filmed it there. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd say the the ranch house they they live at in the beginning, like the family homestead, that looked pretty realistic. But then again, like I don't know Who how. Knows, right? Yeah, they could totally dress it up to look real. <laughs> but all the exteriors looked amazing, like being shot. And and I will say that probably the last shot of them walking away from something something that's <laughs> ablaze that was a really powerful shot i thought yeah really really kind of powerful imagery mm-hmm. triumph and tragedy all at the same time yeah and uh, <laughs> total tragedy at, yeah all at once what about uh there's a little bit of effects in the movie yeah tiny little bit basically like one thing yeah the hatchet Oh yeah, yeah. At first, I was, I wasn't sure what happened, <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh shit, okay." <laughs> yeah, it's it's fairly shocking with how slow the movie had been going. Yeah, and then it picks up. And to be honest, I didn't really expect that scene to to go the way it did. Yeah, they took it all away, and yeah, I was a bit shocked when that happened too. <laughs> Yeah, George, you gotta freaking pull that trigger, man. Shit. Don't think twice. You're yeah. a sheriff. You can and get away with it. That's another one of the scenes that I, that demonstrates the cost of every action in this film. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I gotta give it to him there. It's you're not getting anything for free in this movie. It's all <laughs> earned and it all has a cost. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we could talk a little bit about score. And uh to be completely honest, um <laughs> I'm trying to think back really hard in terms of like I can't anything remember that's shit, stuck out. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking about that before we got on and I was like, dude, I don't remember anything <laughs> score wise in the movie. Like I know yeah. there was there was, you know, music playing, but I can't remember Yeah, and anything you know in, enhancing or anything pissing me off. It's just like it's really like absent in my memory completely. And you know what though? Like to be fair, sometimes that's that's the better way to go. Mm. Like maybe it doesn't have to enhance the film, but as long as it doesn't detract from the film. And like if we're picking up on, you know, all of the plot detail and like character stuff and it seems like we that came across completely fine. I think score did its job in terms of not taking away from that or taking us out of the story. <laughs> Cuz I know there's a bunch of films that we've done where you're just like, "Man." <laughs> yeah. Like cut it out. And, like, the the final scene of the movie is so dramatic, and it's such, like, a, you know, kind of build-up to that moment. Yeah. And the fact that I didn't have a negative reaction to, like, really over-blasted, you know, music yeah. at the end of the movie is probably a good thing, right? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. I just remember, like, when we did that Invisible Man movie, the the last scene in the music... That's like all I can remember <laughs> from that movie. It's like it completely ruined, you know, an hour and a half of sweetness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> and I yeah, I, I could probably you could easily say that there was none of that in this movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> we clearly don't remember. <laughs> but yeah, I gotta start taking better notes during the score sections of these films. Alright, well, I think we've reached a good point where we can start diving into our love hates. Let's start with you. So I love the consequence. Yeah. Of the movie. That's what I love the most. You know, I, I didn't relate to it very much, but where it got to, I really liked. Yeah. And how the, the resolution, I really liked it. And it's a really kind of down the middle, you know, good and bad kind of yeah. thing. Because I was kind of expecting it to, you know, to wrap up and, and have like a really somber ending where... You know, they, they don't even come close to their goal. And they, you know, kind of tail between the legs, head back to Montana. That's yeah. where I was expecting it to go. You and know, be me a too. really kind of downer, yeah. bummer kind of ending. And it, it really picked it up. And that's what I loved the most was was uh, the consequence and the, the resolution. Yeah. What I hated was uh, kind of what we touched on with Lorna's character is I, I really, really got some major issues with <laughs> marriage and that kind of traditionalist <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. I think it's it's ruined so many people's lives, this kind of idea that you have to, you know, get married and you have to, you know, have 2.5 kids and <laughs> just all the shit that I hate about, you know, uh, American culture. Yeah. That's what I hated about the movie. I felt so bad for Lorna. You know what's funny, time. though? Like, this is probably the best banner ad for, like, don't do that. All yeah. wrapped in, like, this American dream, like, red, white, and blue <laughs> thing going on. Yeah, totally, man. So, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Man. What about you? Yeah, so for me, I like, the more we talk about this film, the more interesting it seems to me. <laughs> in terms of, like, pure enjoyment factor, it felt like... It was longer than it, it should have been. And it was a bit of a slog to get to the interesting parts of the film. But the more and more we discuss it, the more I find that the themes and like the questions it raises are interesting ones. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I think it's a result of the film having like costs and consequences. But yeah, it, it causes you to kind of question some of these like societal things that we are exposed to every day. And bad ideas. Yeah. And it, and it really causes you to like question like what's important and like where can bad decisions lead? And mm. I don't know. I just love how there isn't, there's no good and no bad in this movie. It's just all like, it's all gray area, right? Yeah. Total gray area film. And to me, that's kind of refreshing. It, it, it sparks discussion. And I think more films like this, I, I take this as like a smart film. Like the writing is really well done. Whoever hammered out the like the main story did a really good job of like bringing in real world problems and asking interesting questions. And that's what I love the most about this movie. And so I guess, it looks like it's uh, based off a novel. Oh, okay. I believe by, that by Larry Watson. Okay. Yeah. This this kind of material seems like it's totally in that kind of novelization sort of territory 
Um, think and, Larry had an overbearing mother? Yeah, he probably had some <laughs> massive family issues. <laughs> or he was a wee boy. Ah, yeah, right. maybe he <laughs> yeah. was a wee boy, yeah. yeah. He was the wee boy that left and went to college. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my crazy fucking family in North Dakota. This is a story about them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in terms of hates, like I said, it's not really a hate, but it's, I mean, I, I wish I could have, I just didn't identify with this story as much as maybe someone else might have. Um, I didn't get as much out of it as maybe someone else might have. And that's oh, not I so bet much. the boomers loved it, man. Oh, dude. Like, and that's the thing though. I don't think it's a, it's a movie meant for boomers because I think it asks really interesting questions with regard to that generation. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like it's pointing out some of the shitty things about the way things were for that generation. For someone younger, I, I don't think this is a film I'd be like telling our friends to go out and like, oh, you got to see this in the theater. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I think you'd really have a good time with it. Yeah, I don't think this movie would uh, be better or worse yeah. in a theater. I think you know on streaming it was it was fine. Definitely watch the movie in a dark setting though yeah because as the movie gets darker i watched it at night so i could see watching it in the daytime it it, you couldn't even see half the shit that's going on in the second half of the movie i watched it during the day with my window open (laughs) and as the scene started going i had to completely shut the louvers because that's interesting yeah yeah (laughs) so it's uh color and shadow definitely play a role in this movie but uh yeah so let's let's slap a score on this baby what do you got? I'm going to give it four. Okay. I'm going to give it a four, solid four. Yeah. Four bong loads. It checks all the boxes from the technical aspect. Mm-hmm. Casting, acting was great. I believed everybody. You know, it was beautiful to look at. And I think I'm, you know, just not going to give it a star for that, like, umami thing, like we were talking about earlier. I didn't yeah. connect with it very well. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit slow. Yeah. But... Overall, a very, very well-made movie. Yeah, for sure. What about you? I'm giving it the same score. I'm going to okay. give it four, four buckets of popcorn for the same reasons, too. It's uh, in terms of like quality. And the other thing I'll have to say, too, is <laughs> when I saw Paramount flash on the screen, I was like, holy shit, the studios are still around? Because it's oh. like, man, I can't remember the last time we reviewed a studio film. Yeah, I don't even remember the last one we did. But was uh, I'm trying to look here. Well, Wonder Woman, obviously. I mean, anything recent. Yeah, man. There's <laughs> Greyhound. That was quite a while ago, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard to say, but it was kind of cool seeing something from the big studio. But yeah, it's well made. It's you could tell that they there's quality up and down with the directing and the writing and the way it looks. The cast in this film is fantastic, and you got Kevin Costner, Diane Lane heading it. But yeah, like like you, there's just there's something I disconnected with in terms of really being a hundred percent invested in the story, and I feel like you still could have come out with the same weight and consequence of the film by cutting it down like ten fifteen minutes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Other than that, I mean, it's so solid. So yeah four but a solid four like with all the major boxes yeah and if if you do connect with it it'll probably rank higher 
for you. Yeah. Like, I could see a lot of people really liking this movie. Would you recommend it? For sure, I'd recommend it. At the price? What did we pay for it? What did you pay for it? $20 to rent. It didn't even have the option to buy on Vudu. I'd say that if you're a fan of Kevin Costner and or Diane Lane and you watch a lot of their movies, sure, you could give this a, a watch for 20 bucks. but I'd say anyone else, I would just wait till it starts to stream for free on one of the platforms or something. Yeah, because it won't be long. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you are paying a premium for the Paramount streaming price, but uh, Those it's, assholes. it's a well-made film. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I definitely recommend it uh, in general. Maybe not so much buy it, but... At some point, it's worth a watch, I think. Do you think the budget was really big on this? Um, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't think <laughs> but so I, But I think it served the film in the right way, though. Yeah. It's kind of funny, because I think sometimes these films with these massive budgets can totally just crank out these stinkers. <laughs> like, you just look it's like at... like we gotta use the money. Dude, you just look at, like, 90% of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. <laughs> or like the entire Transformers franchise minus the first film, like I was gonna say, don't you be talking yeah. shit about Megan Fox now? No, 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 no. I'm talking about yeah, every car other hood film. scene, man. <laughs> That's yeah. iconic. Yeah, it is. That's Americana right there. What happened to her, man? Where the hell is she at? Hey, she's in a movie that just came out. Maybe oh, it might be something worth watching. Uh, the next uh, woman kicking ass film. Me and her share a genetic recessive trait on our oh. thumbs. Really? She has that? Yeah, she's got fat thumbs too, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, yeah, you got to get her somewhere because she's just perfect everywhere else. I don't even remember what I was saying. But anyways. (laughs) Yeah, you start thinking about Megan Fox and that's all you got in your head. (laughs) Yeah. So, Oh, yeah. So I I think if anything, a smaller budget for a movie like this helps it. Um, You don't need, you know, millions and millions of dollars to like... Probably the most expensive shot in this whole film is at the end. Yeah. But everything else is just shot on location with people in front of a camera. You think that cabin was a, a historic landmark and they got in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> well, probably not. Probably, probably not. But if it probably, was, they're, they're screwed. <laughs> they probably built it for yeah, the movie. There's lots of evidence out there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, I'm sure they built it for the film. That was probably the most expensive thing, building it and then destroying it. Yeah. And then that and Kevin Costner, Diane Lane's paycheck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Costner's got a pretty, got to have yeah. a pretty high price tag at yeah. this point. Yeah, he might have gotten a percentage out of this movie. Well, that's why it's twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we can help Kevin Costner put grocery stores on his dinner table. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's all I got, man. You got any other last thoughts? No, man. I think, uh, like you said earlier, talking about it made me appreciate it a little bit more yeah but overall really good movie solid for sure well that's been episode 50 of the buff and the blazer we'll be back at it next week with another episode for you guys and hope you have a good week peace